Hi, I'm John Rogers. I created the show Leverage and Rogue Transformers, and you're listening to Genretainment. Well, welcome everybody joining us for this 100th episode of Genretainment. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so we have with us today, very first guest we ever had on, actually. Yeah. Uh, is back with us, Victor Miller, Emmy award-winning writer and probably most well-known by many people or many of our listeners as the writer of the original Friday the 13th. Thank you for joining us, Victor. Thank you for asking me. I'm glad to be here. Or if, if you're like my mother, known for... Uh, of all the writing you did on All My Children. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I, I had to uh, pay for some college education along the way. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Ian Cullen with us, who uh, many of you, if you're a listener of, of Sci-Fi Pulse radio channel, probably know his, our, I don't know, is it a brother-sister show? I don't know, we'll call it sister show. Sibling <laughs> show. <laughs> Sibling show. Uh, SFP Now, that he is the host of, and of course, the founder of Sci-Fi Pulse.net. Hello, Ian. No, I'd call it the founding show because uh, Sci-Fi Pulse Radio started with Sci-Fi Pulse and it kind of evolved into SFP now. So There you go. <laughs> there you go. If you can't tell by his accent, he's over there in the UK. Across the pond. And we do like to mock him occasionally just for fun. <laughs> Last but not least with us is Jeff Burns, the chairman of the International Academy of Web Television he is also the co-host of Super Geeked Up and uh, the creator of the web series Super Knocked Up. And he's super. Oh, thanks. Hey, guys. Great to be back. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great to have all three of you joining us, me and Julie. And we're just going to talk a little bit about genretainment and about genre stuff in general. I just so, want to know if Jeff's going to name everything with the word super in front of it. Super and then up. Yep, it's going to become the Super International Academy of Web Television. <laughs> up. up. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Up is on the end of it, too. Guess he ran out of superlatives. <laughs> exactly. So I guess one good way to maybe start off is a little bit about, and we can start with Ian, to talk a little bit about how we started, Genre Entertainment first joined up with Sci-Fi Pulse. Because honestly, I can't remember. Maybe, even, maybe what would be interesting is how we even met up in the first place. So How did we meet? How do you remember that, Ian? Um, I remember meeting you through, it was when um, Ernold Kaufman, I think it was then, I think it was then Sci-Fi Portal. Oh, um, yeah. With, with S-Y-F-Y, uh, which is kind of like in the medical dictionary, it's kind of like um, an abbreviation for a syphilis, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, you know. But I, I met you in the. I met you guys in in the chat room of um, of Mike Kimman's old old uh, old podcast, and it was probably around about the same time or sh you know shortly before I started uh, podcasting as Sci Fi Pulse. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Because Julie and I used to write for uh, yeah. Sci Fi Portal. Oh, you used to write for Rabbit Doll. I wrote I used to write for, for Rabbit Sci -Fi Doll mostly. Yeah, I did a lot of reviews and, and articles for that. I'd forgotten about that. We did a few. Guest hosting for his podcast. Yeah, yeah. And kind of group. Marks and I were substitute hosts for a previous show, mm -hmm. and then we took Genretainment to another mm -hmm. before we were with Sci-Fi Pulse. Yeah, we went to Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, right. NDB Media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You, Roger Noriega, but um, for whatever reasons, um, 
we can't really go into them. You, you guys were not really too happy with the uh, with the deal you was getting with Roger, and you know the lack of support. Yeah, essentially, Marks and I have been independent contractors. I guess <laughs> we're mercenary podcasts. We're the mercenary podcast. <laughs> I like um, that better. But yeah, so the first few episodes of John Entertainment were over there at NDB Media on yeah. on Block Talk Radio. See, I need you guys around because I don't remember any mm-hmm. of this crap. And then we bounced over to uh, you know Sci-Fi Pulse Radio's channel on Block Talk Radio. And obviously, we've been very happy because that... we've been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, which at the time, if I, if you remember at the time, uh, Sci-Fi Pulse, you know. Blog Talk Radio was a uh, was pulling in you know quite quite a large audience on on Blog Talk Radio as as was your show and I think what what happened is it just kind of made sense for us to sort of come together because both shows were more or less kind of like there were similarities and they were similar enough to actually go well together. Yeah, um, on, both on have channel. a nice geek audience. So now we had Victor. Was was Victor yeah. our first guest on? Yeah, he's first sci-fi? guest. No, but oh. on. Yeah. Just in general? Yep. Or on sci-fi polls? For the show named Genretainment. Wow, Victor, congratulations. We really oh, should have you. we should have sent you like a medal or a blue ribbon or something. <laughs> a statuette. Yeah. <laughs> it says I'm number one. <laughs> yes. Number one dad. There you go. It is you know, Father's Day. I didn't think about this, but in sort of a way, all three guests are first or number ones in something. Because Ian <laughs> You, you all were our first. I, I think Marks needs to rewrite yeah, that. I've heard that one before. <laughs> I just never believed it. But, uh, you know, Ian is number one, number one partner or whatever. I don't know how it worked yeah. that. But, but then Victor is number one guest we ever had on Genre Entertainment. And then Jeff is our number one guest to do our game show segment, which we were talking about we might do again someday in the future. So, so it's, a, all right. it's a nice little coincidence. Victor, how was, uh, you know, how do you remember us way back in 2012, which is when John Entertainment first started? What was that experience like on your end? Well, uh, I found, you know, there, there's a whole raft of, uh, of a continuum of uh, interviewers, and you were well-informed and uh, curious and asked good questions. And I don't think, I'm not sure, I, I don't usually keep records of these things, um, did did Mark Powell ask, uh, how did you get the idea for Friday the 13th? I don't think you did, which puts you in the A-list right <laughs> off. Okay. <laughs> and that's, uh, so I, I remember you quite well, and thank you very much for, for the inclusion. Yeah, it was a great interview. It's still a very popular one. Another one that's really popular, you did come back with us for our Halloween special. Yeah, We had a, a number of guests on and talked about... Well, Halloween, but also mainly by horror movies. So that one was a very popular episode and still gets gets a lot of downloads. So. Yeah. Oh, neat. Neat. Yeah. Good to hear. Well, my mother my mother said um, that I was going to be the premier charter member of the Sound of Your Own Voice Club. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she was projecting, but, um, you know, the apple does not far, fall far from the acorn. So that's that. <laughs> but you have a very lovely voice. You have a nice... Nice well, voice for radio. Yeah, you have very good yeah. radio voice. I think so, and I think my mother was jealous. <laughs> I bet so. You know, she probably couldn't get that real deep masculine, you know. It's a little hard well, to do. Who knows? <laughs> we'll never know now. Yeah. Actually, I guess in related news in a way, I think, if I remember this correctly, the actress who played Jason Voorhees' mother passed mm-hmm. away not too long ago. 
Betsy Palmer. Yeah. Yes. Rest in peace. She was a wonderful, wonderful actress. And uh, I think if anybody else had been in the part, uh, we wouldn't be chatting today. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and Jeff, you know, you, you've been on the show a few times recently on the Super Geeked Up episode where we did some, we played some games. And then way back when, which I can't, I should have looked it up. I don't remember what episode it was, uh, about Super Knocked Up, which led to our first little blooper episode, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. It was about a 15-minute <laughs> mm-hmm. blooper episode of you guys trying to say, and you're listening to Genre Entertainment. Yeah. It is that's difficult that's... when everyone's in different locations. That's another first, right? We were the first blooper. It, you the only. Yes. I think you're only, the only. The only. Yeah. 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 Take, take great pride in that. <laughs> I think Marx has thought about trying to do a blooper of all the times when he and I are trying to record our intro and outro and we screw up and I get the giggles and can't stop. <laughs> oh my God. I'll t- tell you something, guys. If we was actually to go through every single show that I've done, because I've been podcasting since 2009, wow. you know, we've probably got a ton of, you know, we've probably got several hundred hours of bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> we had some funny things at the beginning because Marks and I used to do genretainment live. Blog Talk Radio, yeah. Yeah, we quickly learned that was a bad idea. Yeah, um, I don't like live as quite as well. Well, a lot of hey, times. Hey, come on! <laughs> we do our show. I do our show live every week. Yeah, well, Marks well, and you. I were. Marks and I were. Many times it was me rushing home from work, and he's already logging on, and I just basically run in the door and kind of slide into the chair, and uh, no time to prepare whatsoever. And then it is we do record at home, and so we have. Um, Three cats that always seem to be making a hilarious appearance at the most inopportune times. So we we decided that it was easier if we could edit some of their <laughs> antics out. <laughs> Plus, if the phone rings, you can the kind of edit that ring, out. You know? The phone would ring. I'd be running into the other room, answering, going real slow, real softly. We're on air. I can't talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> and and blood Guys, is- you know we should become a YouTube channel. Yeah, we should play around with Google Hangout a little bit, but I don't want to do that all the time. Uh, I don't know how you do it every week, Jeff. It's, no, it's... I don't want to have to, like, not only put on makeup, but necessarily comb my hair <laughs> and for this. And kind of a related note in a way, I've been doing a, um, a video series for the IWTV, kind of moderating a series about with, with different guests on about you know different topics. Like recently, we had an episode about writing for web series and that's done through google hangouts mm-hmm. similar to how super geeked up is you know it's it's tricky to do that <laughs> it is hats off to you jeff because like i said i most of the time i'm doing this in my pajamas and uh, i like it that way <laughs> and, and they need a setting on google hangout where like you can make it where you don't see yourself because i always get distracted every time you talk you know whoever's talking pops up on the screen you're, yeah your face main... pops up so you're like trying to talk and you're suddenly your face is popping up it's kind of distracting to me i think <laughs> that's just Mark, you don't you like, like staring looking... at yourself no i think maybe he likes staring at himself yeah. he finds it it's sort of like when you put a you know the mirror in front of the cat yeah. <laughs> i pop up like oh hey there oh hey, hey there <laughs> Looking, looking good tonight. Who's that hot? Yeah, I, I just, I just put a brown paper bag over my head. That's all that one. That's why I always think you look like that. <laughs> so, for each of you guys, kind of curious what, what creative things you've been up to since we last spoke. Yeah, let's um, start with Victor. Yes. Our, our first guest. You can be the first to uh, start. <clears throat> okay. Um. Let's see. 
just the the two things right now that are going on. One is uh, a screenplay I co-wrote with a friend of mine named Carrie Fleming, who lives in Maryland. I have now written three or four screenplays uh, on Skype. That's a plug for Skype that we're on right now, and um, and it really works uh, extremely well. And I I much prefer writing with somebody than uh, than solo, because uh, it always pushes me further and further. Anyway. We are shopping that around. We've got people um, looking for cash, and uh, that's called Rock Paper Dead. And, uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so there's a uh, so there's that. That's a full screenplay, and it could be made for anywhere from uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars up to five or ten million, uh, depending on uh, how much you have in your pocket. <laughs> and uh, I have lent. That, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I can. I know the feeling. I also went on uh, Twitter and found an old friend of mine who's a famous actor who shall remain nameless, uh, but we knew each other when we were 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. I found him on Twitter and we we re-upped and he's 75 and I'm 75. And uh, so uh, he said, why don't we write a screenplay together? And I said, oh, fine. And he had an idea. So we started talking on Skype and uh, we've now... We're about to shop that around, but we're we're trying to come up right now with a kind of a lookbook thing, uh, so that it's a, a way of showing producers and and backers uh, what style we're looking for and and what kind of a uh, production it's going to be. And so, that's I have not been idle, not a bit. That's great. And so, I think that's interesting. You're really enjoying. Because technology has just taken off in just the last few years. You know, Marks and I have talked about, I made it all the way through college and never even had a computer. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and now everything is, uh, we're all, we have so much technology now and, and Skype. You don't have to worry about calling long distance. And uh, I'm guessing right. you're, you're really, in, seems like you've really, embrace that and you're really enjoying that oh it's, it's wonderful and don't forget i started in uh, in the soap opera business in like 1982 at uh, one life to live and when network gave you notes and you had to change the breakdowns you were writing um you had to use avery label tape and then type over that piece of tape over that thing and yeah, a lot of times i would fight uh, network notes just because i didn't want to do the work of re revising <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really didn't care, but um, I said, no, I'll, I'll go to the, the mat on this, you know, and <laughs> just that would have been a whole paragraph of Avery label tape. <laughs> I, I feel your pain. I wrote a lot of, for school, a lot of research papers on a typewriter. Okay. And uh, even just a 20 page research paper with, you know, in text citations, it's a nightmare. You know, you think, oh, I just had to retype this page, but then that makes everything off. So then you had to retype everything after that, you know. Once, uh, I think I started on WordStar in 19 something or other, and uh, and then went and I just never looked back. Did you ever have one of those brother word processors? Uh, well, I, it sounded no. like a machine gun going off in the house when it would print. Yeah. I, I, had, I had one. I had one in college. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I, my dad had one. He went to college when I was like in middle school, and they made such a big deal. Oh, you got to go to bed early. Then my dad would come home at like after second sh after his second shift was over, and it would be after midnight. And it sounded like a machine gun going off in the house. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, as much I mean, as I gripe about technology, there are some definitely some things that are better. 
it's it's been amazing actually over the last uh, you know thirty odd years. I remember when I first started using computers, I was using sort of like BBC micros and and, and stuff like that. And, you know the old BBC micros. Anyone remember those? I have no idea what you're talking nope. about. Don't know what that is. Uh, well, you know, sort of like um, they're they're, they're sort of like a poor predecessor to the PCs we've got now. But you know, and it was a company called BBC, but it wasn't the BBC. Which I always found strange. That's yeah, confusing. <laughs> that is. Those were around sort of like late eighties. Huh. I don't know. My I got my first computer when I got Marks. So. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got our house and we moved in and and the computer boyfriend came with comes Marks. with Marks or comes with excuse me <laughs> boyfriend comes with computer yeah. yeah. Well, your fiance at the time. <laughs> One thing I just to backtrack just a touch, Victor, you said you're setting up a lookbook. And yep. I, I just thought some of our audience probably would like, what's a lookbook? I don't so, know what a lookbook is. Well, I, I think I, I know what he's talking about, but can it's, you explain that? Yeah, when I when I first started started in this business all these years ago, basically the 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 law was producers uh, do not read screenplays. They don't like to read that many words, um, <laughs> and so, so they would do things like saying, "Look, kid, um, what's the TV guide listing on this project?" Of course, you have to remember TV Guide used to be the Bible. Yeah. And um, so you'd say, well, um, wife's husband is murdered and wife goes on rampage and uh, to kill the victim and find justice. Boom. And they say, oh, I like that. That's for Lifetime or something. Well, that was before Lifetime. Even. But so I'd sold a, a horror screenplay in 1980 uh, based on, on just a pitch, which was uh, I want to do a horror film in a hospital. And the, the, the head of Columbia Pictures said, I get this kid's agent on the phone. So that was that. And then, then it became, you need a log line. They decided to call it a log line, not a TV guide listing. And then uh, log line, they said, well, we need a synopsis. So the synopsis is either one page or two pages of uh, how you, you tell your screenplay. And now, <laughs> I've had meetings with people. And I said, wait a minute, I'm getting this, the impression, we're talking about you're buying, you're your, your you know, funding our movie, and you haven't read the screenplay? <laughs> uh, and uh, that's true. And so now they have a thing called a lookbook, which is either something that you can actually hold in your hands, or it is uh, done in some sort of uh, one of the many formats on the uh, internet, so that uh, a would-be producer, backer, whatever, can um, click on his little mouse, or her little mouse, and it says... Um, what the project is, it gives you the log line, it gives you the synopsis, it shows you the actors they actually have letters of intent from or not, or the actors they like, and they kind of use uh, incredible fonts to give you the sense and the mood, and then um, some of them have uh, drawings, some have photographs, a lot of lush stuff. I haven't seen one with with music yet, but I'm sure that's to come. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so you'll get a whole new subset of uh, composers. I compose for lookbooks. Uh, I promise that which I promise that which you know no one can ever deliver, and so that's where we're headed, folks. And so we're working on a lookbook. So it's basically like an art project explaining yeah. your movie. Yeah. My summer vacation. <laughs> oh, wow! It's like art project <laughs> slash scrapbooking right. for. Uh, yeah. uh, we've hired a um, a sketch artist to uh, kind of sketch out. So it's not a storyboard, but you're talking about maybe 10, 10 sketches to give the, the key scenes, and we're going to lay dialogue over the top and bottom of those so that they get the sense and the mood and um, so they don't mis misinterpret um, 
what we're up to and sort of by reading one line inside out and backwards. Picture book for producers. There you go. All right. <laughs> my, my time is very valuable here. What do you got, kid? <laughs> I need a children's book with big pictures right now. <laughs> it's where a guy goes around and a children, I've got a children's book for you. It's a guy goes around looking down holes. Okay. <laughs> Give this guy some money. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so, Jeff, you know, what uh, What have you been up to recently? Uh, so, mainly working on uh, Super Geeked Up, which uh, I guess I think just three episodes ago, right, we were on uh, your guys' show? Yeah. And that's uh, a geeky pop culture show we do live every week. Uh, we talk sci-fi, fantasy, superheroes, and then we play geek-themed games. And we have different guests on every week from, you know, movies, TV, web series. So, uh, we have a lot of fun doing that. And uh, that's on Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. And that's been going great. And uh, in December, I became chairman, like you mentioned, of uh, IWTV, the International Academy of Web Television. And we had a really awesome award show in April where we honor, you know, the best in online content. Um, and, and Mark's, yeah, and you guys were there. And Mark, you were a big part of that, obviously. And, and also trying to do, you know, uh, other stuff for IWTV, like Mark's mentioned, your content creators corner video series. Um, which has been really cool, um, you know, trying to provide benefits to and, and educate, you know, in terms of how to make awesome web series. Uh, and uh, also uh, joined up with Frostbite Pictures, which is a really great uh, digital studio out of Vancouver. So working with them in, in like content acquisition and marketing promotion, um, you know, they're very much about uh, trying to find very high end you know, online content and uh, develop that. Awesome. And what have you been up to lately, Ian? Oh, you know, I'm so like I'm, I've been continuing with the uh, sci-fi pulse.net, obviously, <laughs> and the um, SFP now uh, show on uh, here on sci-fi pulse radio, of course. Uh, but other than that, for the last uh, for the last three and a bit years, I've actually been learning and studying guitar, and for the last uh, couple of months, I've actually been studying music production. And I'm kind of working on my very very first composition of music which is, you know, using quite a few guitars, a flute and, um, and, and drums. So it's, it's pretty basic music composition, but I'm kind of learning about how to bring it all together and, and uh, compose, do all the EQing and, and, and all that great stuff. Cool. Cool. Someday you can make a living making music for lookbooks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I still like calling them producer, uh, picture books for producers. Yes, Producer yes. picture books. You can do, yeah. They, they might feel insulted vaguely. They might. Vaguely, yeah. If they catch up. Yeah. Are you going right. to start using scented paper stock so you can actually have something similar to Smeggivision? There you go. That might not be so great in horror movies. Ew. <laughs> Perfect. No, we could, we could do it, especially for the sex scenes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Smells like sex. Smells like sex. Maybe it just spreads like the old school. Just spreads a little bit of your perfume on it. There you go. I have I have lovely perfume. I'll just use that. So we aired our first episode back in 2012. Way back in Way 2012. Way back then, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, a lot of stuffs. I think we've already touched a little bit on it, but you know, a lot of stuffs changed, uh, especially in entertainment since then, and continues to change. Let's just talk a little bit about, you know, what's some of the more recent stuff that we've really enjoyed. 
let's start with television shows because I think TV has really been uh, the last few years up in its game and quality and such. What are some of the TV shows right now that you guys are watching? Uh, so I um, probably no surprise since uh, you know I do a, sh- a show we talk a lot about superheroes and stuff. I've been really digging the Flash and Arrow. I think um, they've just done really, really good jobs of those shows. Greg Berlanti, who who runs both those shows, is is just doing a phenomenal job. I think um, just really good writing and acting, uh, and I've been really digging those shows. Um, you I'm Daredevil? interested. I'm halfway through Daredevil. Okay. Um, I'll be honest; I do not think it's as good as everyone's raving about. Um, no. Yeah, I, I, it's fine. Blasphemy. But I don't, I don't, I don't think it can touch the other shows I just mentioned. To be perfectly honest with you, so I got to finish it. But I got watching other stuff like Sense Eight, which maybe we'll talk about. But uh, and actually, are we? Here's the thing, right? Are we? Are we including that as a TV show, marks or no? <laughs> like the, the Netflix shows? Yeah. yeah oh no. I guess. I okay. Right. Never. I That's always the question. Seen the right? look on his face. I guess the answer is he wants to do that in a separate. Episode. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was gonna hold off, but Julie, you. Really I know. Thing, so I job. know. Well, see, here's the thing. He didn't make that clear to me. It's okay. We'll get to sensate. We'll get to sensate because I know. Okay. Forget about Daredevil. It. Forget about all that stuff. Just keep going on the tangent you were going on before I ruined it. Julie ruined everything. I'm kind of screwed then because one of the shows I was going to mention is actually an Amazon exclusive. <laughs> oh well, let's just throw in web series and TV together. Let's just do that. Our streaming. Mark, Mark's is so depressed now. He's like, oh, oh, oh well. <laughs> and that's an interesting element too. Is this to one talk of those about. things I'm going to be hearing about well, for a while? You know, that's an interesting thing to talk about too. Is back in 2012, that distinction was pretty firm between the two and now see now i think if with, i saw it on netflix i just think of it as a tv show yeah with netflix and amazon stuff it's it's blurring that line quite a bit that's the thing they're all like we're not we're just gonna be saying series probably pretty soon from now on right we may not even be distinct between if it's online or it's on tv because you're most people are, a lot of people are watching everything online anyway now i really think we will i know on the iwtv facebook group there's been some discussions about that where People are wanting to stop calling their stuff web series. They want to call it original series or something like that. So yeah, I think that's gonna. That's Maybe gonna they'll happen. start saying short series. Like if 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 you're doing like a traditional web series where something's maybe 15 minutes long, an episode, well, you know, versus uh, uh, like a Netflix original series, which would be like an hour or so or a half hour or an hour traditional long. So maybe you would say an original short series. And then an original series, that kind I of I think thing. so, like short films and feature films. Yeah. That's probably what's going to end up happening. Because a lot of the IWTV members, not all of them, but a lot of the shows would be that short category. If that happens, can, can we just credit me for coming up with it? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Damn it. Absolutely not. <laughs> so uh, I'll throw in the two other ones that will let these guys go. Um, so Once Upon a Time, also, I've mm-hmm. been loving the past few years. Just Cruella DeVille was awesome at the end. Of- she was good. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, since we're working on Netflix, then I just two days ago finished the first season of Sense8. Yes. Um, the Wachowskis and J. Michael Straczynski's new series. And oh, my God, it's so good. So it good. might actually be might be my favorite show on, on right now um, after watching it. It's just, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you... You take eight like main characters and you weave like all those stories so amazingly together, and they did it. Yeah, I was just I don't know. I had such a euphoric feeling at the end of that series. It's usually hard to just juggle half that many protagonists, you know, and and to really develop them well. And they managed to do eight main characters plus supporting characters, 
and develop them to the extent that, I mean, you really care about these characters and you really know them, you know, it, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yes. Everybody watch Sense8. Everyone watch <laughs> Sense8. Yes. Well, I'm going to talk more about I, it. Just uh, and I, I, and I, I think stopped, you should watch Daredevil. Stopped. Sorry. <laughs> okay, Ian, I'm sorry. What have you been watching? Yeah, I, I started Sense8 last night. Uh, I just watched the first episode. Um, I'm not hooked yet, but, you know, I need to, I'm going to watch another episode and see what that's like and see if it hooks me. Yeah, keep going. It is it is a bit of a slow build, some, I think, for some people. But if you stick with it, it'll pay off. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I started on that last night. Um, like, so I've actually just watched Once Upon a Time. I actually mainlined all four series together, and I, I kind of spent the last two, three weeks watching them. Oh, wow. Netflix, because we, we've, not, we've not had it here in the UK. We had it on Channel 5. Here in the UK, they picked it up for two seasons and then decided it wasn't getting the ratings that they were expecting from it. But they were showing it on a Sunday evening when nobody watches TV here <laughs> in the UK. And Netflix picked it up uh, here in the UK okay. and, and just had all, you know, I've just had to mainline all four seasons to sort of like give it a go. Um, so I've been watching that. Love Arrow, love the Flash. Liking the Flash better than Arrow at the moment because yeah, Arrow me too. Was, yeah, I agree. Arrow for me this year was kind of like um, lost its way a little bit, I think, for me. Um, but you know, the Flash song more than made up for it, especially with the crossover episodes, which worked really well. Quite looking forward to the uh, to the spin-off that they're doing next year, Legends of Tomorrow. Mm, yep. Yeah, and. I like Daredevil. I thought Daredevil was really good. It was, um, you know, if anything, it's much, much darker than, than Arrow and the Flash. Yeah. Maybe that's what's putting a lot of people off because it's so, so, so much darker and edgier. But I didn't get that put me off. Um, but in, in as, as far as other shows, there's a show I'm really looking forward to. It's, it's an Amazon show and it's uh, based on the Philip K. Dick book. It's called Man in the High Castle. <gasps> yes. Yeah. It's like an alternative narrative of, um, you know, what would have happened if the if the Nazis had won the war and occupied the East Coast of America while the Japanese occupied the West Coast, I think. And um, I've seen a pilot episode for that on Amazon, and it was really, really good. Yeah, I think that's good. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was. The pilot was quite good. I think that's going to be a winner for them. That was really impressive. <clears throat> yeah, they, they picked it up for a series. It's just a matter of uh, when, when they're going to release it. It's good, but I gotta tell you, it's it's almost exhausting after you get done emotionally, just exhausting when you're <laughs> done watching. It. But it, it hooks you. It is so well done. What about you, Victor? What have you been watching? It doesn't have, uh, it doesn't no, have to be sci-fi. Fans. No, it can be anything. None of none of the things you have listed. Um, good, we want variety. My my favorite uh, thing is on uh, Netflix, which is Peaky Blinders. Oh, I've heard about that. It good. is. Uh, it is dark and wonderful and, and historical in the, in the sense that because I don't do sci-fi and I don't do, um, you know, uh, ghosts and, and goblins and things. Sometimes I, 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 I will launch out. And so I have I have watched Penny Dreadful and I'm enjoying I'm enjoying that. Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, that's fun. And Children's Hospital is more my speed, and, uh, <laughs> which I absolutely adore. And then, as our guilty pleasure to sit and laugh at because it is so dreadful, uh, Chicago PD, huh. um, whose star is a uh, an actor of, of many years, and he talks like this, <laughs> and we 
my wife and I talked to each other this way through the whole thing, and our throats hurt afterwards. <laughs> it just—I mean, we have we have too much time on our hands. We're both retired, and so um, we watch all kinds of things and say, "Oh my God, who greenlighted this project?" But, uh, it's like it's, uh, it's Batman but, if he was a cop. <laughs> Batman voice. <laughs> On the only the only show that sort of vaguely I think like some of the ones you because we tried Arrow and we couldn't you know it was just too much but um, we could handle Gotham um, which I liked it's uh, dark and and moody and it's kind of the prequel 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 of Batman yeah. uh, but otherwise that's that's I mean we watch far too much television and love it have you tried mm. have you tried Daredevil you might like their Daredevil yeah nope nope haven't I mean. There are only so many hours in a retired person's <laughs> day. Come now. Well, it's on Netflix, so you can catch it anytime. Yeah. You might want to oh, just check Daredevil? it. Yeah, check out the uh, check out the first episode and see what you think because it's it's it doesn't really have any real supernatural elements to it. Oh, and well, and, but, I mean, well, that's Daredevil, yeah, kind of. But <laughs> but yeah, it's uh... okay. It's like a little bit of hyper reality in terms of what a person can do, but there's not like a lot of magic. The and stuff. The, the showrunner basically said that when he made the show. He didn't want it to be considered a superhero show. He wanted to be more like a crime drama. It just happens to have somebody with some superpowers yeah. in it. Well, I mean, he just can kick ass. I mean, that's... Yeah. Oh, I, f I forgot to put down Better Call Saul because that's, it's not on right now. But, oh. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good show. That's the hatch the hatchery of Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, see, I can't get into... I, like, I watched some Breaking Bad, and I thought it was okay. But yeah. I, I didn't, it didn't really. She's only seen the first two, two seasons. Two seasons, but, but I just, I don't know. That's why our, that's why our lists are so different, which yeah. I, I, that's the democratic uh, model of TV, which works fine for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know, and it's one of those things where it, it falls into the category of shows for me where I can watch it and go, I can tell it's really well written. And yep. it's really well acted and really well directed and it looks nice and the cast is awesome. It's just I don't I don't know, the storylines just don't draw me in as well, but I can tell you it's really well done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh I've I've uh, seen shoes like that too. <laughs> They're really nicely nicely done and but I'm not going to wear them. <laughs> very very much the same thing, yeah. <laughs> So, for my opinion on some of those, real quick, I'm really liking Flash. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's like, it was a good, strong season one. I think the spinoff has a lot of potential. Yes, definitely. Oh, this is why we don't do these shows live. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite all right. I'll go find out who's trying to sell me something and be right back. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was right. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, that was my cut. <laughs> so, Flash, strong season one. Um, I think Legends of Tomorrow has a lot of potential. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be a fun show. I think for me, Arrow. I used to say when Arrow first premiered, I used to say Arrow is the best live action superhero TV show to date. But to, for me personally, sorry, Jeff, I think Daredevil kind of trumped that. Yeah, I think Daredevil trumped it, and so did Flash. Ooh. <laughs> and I think I think Arrow. I think Arrow has, for me, season three has had an identity crisis. I think little, the flashbacks. I, I will agree with that I a think, little. Yes, I it think had the some flashbacks, trouble particularly in the second half of the season, were just a hot mess. 
yeah, the flashback element has become terrible. Not, not as good as it was the first two seasons. And I feel like the show was like, we're going to be dark and not too much. Like, everybody's martial artists, but no powers. But because of Flash, that's kind of messed with the dynamics. And now Arrow is trying to figure out how it fits in that world, I think. Yeah. And that's, still, that's one of the... Well, and also, just from a writing craft... Well, then I had to have superpowers because I had Ra's al Ghul. Mm-hmm. And just from a writing craft standpoint for season three for me, which I still enjoy, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, I still like but, it. But um, I do feel like some of the motivations of the characters seemed a little forced or a little bit sped up. Like, um, like to give you an example, well, I don't know if I'm going to spoil too much. Okay, but Laurel's dad makes no freaking sense whatsoever in this season. I mean, it's just, he's he's been, they wrote him ridiculously. Yeah, well, that's my that's my personal opinion. And I think Daredevil is... Obviously mine too, because I just said they yeah. wrote him ridiculously. <laughs> and uh, I'd liked him until now. And I mean, you know, the guy that plays him is a really good actor. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, no, it's just, honest, it's just uh, been the writing for he's him. He's good in everything. Dresden Files, he was even good. That show had his issues, but he was a great Dresden. Yeah, that thought. show was... A- Mess. But yeah, but you know, but Flash is also a very good show. It's just a different kind of show compared to Daredevil. It's if you went like lighter superheroes, that's a better show for someone. If you like darker superheroes, I really dig Daredevil. And Sense Eight, I you know, I want to second that I think it was a really good show. Loved Sense Eight. I think as you alluded to, Jeff, I think the one thing that people reviewers had a problem with is they felt like this pace was too slow and someone said they made a twelve hour movie not a not a 12 episode show so yeah that's... and and it's that but also i i think that the fact that it you know you can binge watch it that they just release them all at the same time kind of gives you the freedom to make it that way you know i mean i i think instead of worrying about releasing week after week after week after week the fact that netflix they have the option of just giving you the whole season at once i think that that gives a little bit of creative freedom to do it that way yeah. Of course, it's just maybe my opinion and no one else agrees, <laughs> but that's how I feel about it. I've been yeah, still enjoying, even after it's got its issues, but I'm still loving Supernatural, of course. Oh, yeah, Supernatural. Although I, I, I forget. I Jeff doesn't like they, watch that show, as we learned. Yeah. Although I don't know what they were thinking about how they ended this season. I was, I was watching it going, hey. <laughs> and one other thing I wanted to mention, I, I forgot at the time, was Victor mentioned Children's Hospital, and that's a show that used to be a web series that got picked up for right. television. So just blurring that line I've even more. I've not seen that one. It's a funny show. So It's kind of funny, actually, because we used to have ITV here in the UK. You used to have a, to have a, have a TV show, a documentary uh, called Children's Hospital. Ran <laughs> during the 1990s, um, I think, and it was a, it was it was actually all filmed on on location in in Liverpool, where it, you know rains all the time there too. So, <laughs> well, now speaking but, of the 90s, there's going to be kind of a revival of 90s reboot shows coming up. Yeah, um, X Files, X Files, and Twin Peaks, and. I'm looking forward to both of those because I like I I really enjoyed them both. Full House. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Wait, are they really? Full House. Full yeah. House. Yeah, on Netflix. They're oh, calling no. it Fuller House. Oh no. We're not making this up. I promise you. <laughs> yeah, it's not April Fools' today, so. Yeah. Um. But Twin Peaks, they're going to it, and there it's going to be like that much time has actually passed, like the actual time, and they're going to get the. I think so. I hope as much so. of the original cast back as possible, and 
I, I, I sometimes still go back and watch a Twin Peaks episode up on Netflix. It's just so cool. It's some pretty trippy stuff. It was really trippy. I loved it. It was weird. I like weird. I got. I got to admit, um, I'm not really too uh, infused about bringing back the X Files. Well, I'm not either because they seem to have royally effed up. Um, well, th- the last season was just awful, um, and then the movies they had since were awful, and and so I'm a little worried. <laughs> that this is going to be awful (laughs) i hope that they can recapture the original magic but um, i'm gonna save myself to pain and just not bother watching (laughs) yeah well you know i i have to it's it's like a a car accident or um a highlander movie like you know it's gonna suck (laughs) but you have to go see it anyway yeah (laughs) <laughs> nice reference on the Highlanders. Yeah, and so yeah, you know, you you can't help it. You just sucked in. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm very curious. That that's the unfortunate thing with the Highlander movies. Oh, the the actual TV series wound up being bit better and making more sense than the movies. Yeah, the oh, it was awesome. Good. Yeah, I loved yeah. the series. I mean, the last season wasn't real great, and the spinoff was kind of blah. But um, it was a really really good show. Mm-hmm. I still to this day love Mythos. Peter Wingfield. <laughs> oh, Mythos is the man. Peter Wingfield is such a good actor, and that character was just perfect for him. And all, I mean, just the whole show was so good. Talking about Scottish Highlands and stuff like that, have any, have any of you seen Outlander? I've seen the first episode, and I did really like it. I just haven't, like Victor said, there's only so many hours I have to wait. Marx has to watch the first episode with me, too, and then we can start watching it. No pressure, Marks. <laughs> Yeah. Marks really has to good. watch the first. Are you catching this? I have witnesses. Marks has to watch the first episode with me. I think, so I I think I'm gr- ingrained it. against it because I feel like even though it's got Roger Moore and it's got, you know, from Bastard Galactica and then it's Ro- got, Roger Moore? Yeah. He's Roger Moore in it? No, Damn. Ron, Ron, yeah. Ronald Moore. Oh, Ronald Moore. I'm sorry. Ronald Moore. <laughs> Ron Moore, Ron Moore, Ron sorry. Ron Moore from Battlestar Galactica. I'm bad. I know you just intrigued me. I was like, I want to watch Roger Moore in it. <laughs> Uh, you know, created Baust- showrunner Bowser Galactica remake, and um, and I hear good stuff about it. It just it, the first impulse is like a historical romance time travel thing. So, so I'm always, as a man, is, I'm always like, I don't know. So what you're saying is, if it's a female lead and it's I don't mind a female lead, Buffy the and, Vampire Slayer is great. And it's not about her like supernaturally kicking ass. You you don't want to watch. Dude, there's quite there's quite a lot of nudity and sex in it. Oh, so gonna, I'm watching you, it tomorrow. You'll watch it just yeah. that. Okay, you seriously, why? Why didn't I there think about tantalizing me about that. this? <laughs> Thank you, Ian. I, I should have really gone with that angle. I don't know what I was thinking. Unfortunately, you'll like Sensei, you don't have the discard the discarded dildo scene, no. which was quite <laughs> I you know, they got a little graphic in Sensei, to be honest. Uh I Yeah, I don't I don't think it's as bad as everybody says it is though. I think it's just like any other kind of HBO type show, you know? Yeah. It is. They just did some really interesting things. So but yeah. <laughs> Some of it, yeah. Interesting things. Well, it was a little. <laughs> awesome. I, it's not so much. I didn't. I don't really mind the sex on Sensate, but there were times where they spent a lot of time with that, and I wish they would have done a little less of that just to move the story along and spent more time moving the story along a little more in those episodes. You know what I mean? It can't be any worse than True Blood. No, no. But True Blood was campy and ridiculous and meant to be. 
you know, like Sensei, there's like this one episode where I'm like, it's not that I'm a prude and I don't like the sex. It's just that I wish they would have moved the plot, spent that time moving the plot along a little faster. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but I, I still really liked it. But yeah, I was just kind of like, it's not that I'm a prude, but I mean, like we're all adults, so we all but know what sex is. I so think can um, we just move it along. One more thing I should, I forgot to say about Sensei is I think what's really cool about the Wachowski siblings is that, or Wachowskis, I'll just say Wachowskis. Wachowskis, I think is what they say um, now. Is I really like how how they they like to take multiple genres and different characters and interweave them in unique ways you've never seen before, because they did that with Cloud Atlas. I loved Cloud Atlas, and um, so it's obviously something that they like to do, and I and it's something intriguing and different than than you ever see. It's very challenging, and that's why sometimes critics don't always dig it as much at first. But I have to applaud them for that. Plus, they shot everything on... It was all location, no sets. And it was in, like, what, eight, nine countries? Yeah, yeah. they shot all over the world. All over the world. And I love the diversity of the cast. And, and uh, I mean, they have an, oh, yeah. a transgender actress. Uh, you know, they have people from these other countries who really are... You know, I mean, they didn't just hire all Americans and have them do a bunch of accents, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we got to move on here. But so, we can talk about TV shows all day. That could be all day, yeah. So I think we need to skip ahead, actually. Let's, let's, because we have two writers with us. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah, we have writers. Just kidding. I know. We're all, to, we're all. Who's the second one? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we have Victor, obviously, with us, who is an award winning writer. And Jeff is a writer. We're, we're all of us, to some extent, are writers, I guess. But, but for our guests here, we always like to give a little writing tips. And if you guys have a writing tip to share, I think that would be great. Uh, if you want to start, whoever would, Victor or Jeff wants to start. Which one? Else? I'll have Victor go. Okay. Let's see. Uh, I'll have, my writing tips are questions. <laughs> and the question, questions to ask yourself, where does your story start best? Because a lot of times people start the story like a year or two earlier than it needs to. Or they start it a year or two or a week or two or an hour or two too late. Look at things like that. Start to ask yourself, where am I starting? You know, I know what the whole story is. I know what the backstory is and the, and the, and the ending and everything else. But where am I going to pitch the people? And then the other thing is, it seems to me, well, I'll give you three things. Um, am I telegraphing too much? And uh, my wife and I uh, call that, instead of foreshadowing, we call it 12-shadowing. <laughs> <laughs> is is my foreshadowing 12 shadowing or 3.5 shadowing uh so it's always a good idea to look at that and five please avoid exposition have and ask yourself uh how am i telling the audience the facts i need them to know am i having people just sort of for no good reason whatsoever say Hi, Jeff, it's nice to meet you, though I've never met you before, and though I hear good things about you from the following people. <laughs> and I, I heard you had a, a, a terrible foot problem. Um, you know, so just stop already with the exposition, and uh, people will love you. And that's it for me. That reminds me of that Highlander, Highlander movie yeah. where Duncan McLeod goes, Meet those! The 5,000-year-old mythos, the world's oldest man. How I did it. <laughs> and I mean, that honest to God is like their conversation. It was yeah. painful. Yeah, every time I hear about exposition, that always pops in my head. Marks that... and I will occasionally go, hello, mythos, the world's <laughs> oldest man. How yes. have the last 5,000 years been treating you? <laughs> 
I think he should have said, hello, Mythos. I hear you had a foot problem. <laughs> <laughs> that I could get into. <laughs> it started back in the Bronze Age. Right. Uh, yes, right. <laughs> uh, what about you, Jeff? What would you like to share? Uh, so one big thing I would say is persistence. Um, in terms of, like, for me, the most success I've had writing is when, like, every single day I dedicate, you know, a certain number of hours to work on it. And I just, and consistency, I guess, is really a better word as well. Just like, like, if I'm going to get something done and really get a project done, I got to, I, I just, I make myself, I work on it every day. And not just necessarily actually writing the script, but some kind of work, you know, if it's on the characters or the story or an outline or whatever. I think that particularly if you're like a beginning writer, I think if you can get those good habits and that will really help you get things done uh, much more quickly. And I guess the other thing I would say is, I mean, and it just depends. Everybody writes differently, of course. But for me, um, I spend a lot of time planning things out. So. Um, I don't think you need to rush into actually trying to write the actual script. So I spend a lot of time, you know, developing the characters, planning out the story, a lot of time working on my outline and trying to get everything really working in, and into place. And by the time I actually then write the script, that actually usually goes quite quickly, that process, because I've spent so much time doing all that other work. So for me, I think that that's a big help. So, yeah. So those are two things I can think of. Awesome. And Ian, do you have something, if not from a writing perspective, you definitely have a gazillion, multiple years of experience being a critic and reviewing gazillion episodes and such of TV shows. Do you have something you would suggest for writers? Yeah, don't read other people's reviews. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually not a bad suggestion. That's actually pretty good advice. Be careful about reviews. Because if you get a bad review, of course, it hurts your confidence. If you get a good review, it might... Uh, either inflate your confidence too much or or make you put a lot of pressure on you to to make something better the next time so yeah what what I find is um you know and this this is this is more to do with a general public sort of thing um I watched that Kingsman secret service a couple yeah. of weeks ago um i i basically i really loved it I thought it was fantastic fun and I basically got it, I, I purchased the video on Amazon Prime and um, watched it, really enjoyed it. And I, I made a note on my Facebook, watching Kingsman, um, you know, Secret Service. And my, my nephew, Jake, comments, oh, I've read reviews for it, the, the kind of mixed, what's it like? And uh, says, well, you know, I'm enjoying it, but I don't read the reviews. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I don't read reviews is because I, I kind of think it kind of... Um, you know, you, you can kind of read the reviews and take them so seriously, and um, and it's not really it's not really allowing you to sort of like um, you know inform your own viewpoint or something on on something. And you know, I almost never agree with the reviews. <laughs> almost I never. never. I, I mean, everything critics hate, I love, and the things that critics love, I loathe most of the time. And I like, I just, I don't really get into. I, you know, I just I've come to the conclusion that I'm just so weird that almost no one shares my opinion on things, so I don't worry about it. <laughs> I think I think to be honest, if you're reading other people's reviews and letting those um, influence you and inform you, you're kind of like uh, you, you you're not formulating your own 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 opinion and your own viewpoint. Yeah. And I think what makes a really interesting writer, whether it's on like fiction, whether it's reviews, whether it's doing interviews and stuff like that. Is a writer that's able to sort of like um, have their own viewpoint on something. Mm-hmm. 
So one writing tip I would like to share, I've been reading a lot of writing books. I always have, but last year I've read like, I don't know, 50 or plus probably. It's he has a problem. Up. It's really an addiction. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. P partially because I'm looking for guests too to be on the show and partially because I'm just really interested in the craft of writing. It's because you have a problem. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think one thing I would share with, with newer writers especially is – I think I think it's good to learn craft from people and take workshops and stuff like that. But I think you we must always realize that every writer has their own path to how they write and how they create, and that like you're never gonna. I think especially beginning writers, they they want a formula of exactly how you're supposed to do it. What you learn is there is no formula works for everybody at all, and there are those people who want to plot and outline everything in advance before they write. There's those people who who hate that concept, it stagnates their creativity and they want to write as they go. And there's people all in between. There's people who want to write chronologically, there's people who don't want to write chronologically, they want to be more sporadic and put it all together like a, a puzzle piece. So um, Know thyself, basically. <laughs> yeah, you need to, to uh, learn, adapt, and then take what works for you. And, and then, of course, most of all, write a bunch and you'll, you'll find your voice and figure out your, what works best for you. That is great advice. Write a bunch. It's basically like the chimp at the typewriter. If you just keep going at it at some point, something's going to work. <laughs> yeah. It's like, anyway. It's kind of funny, Matt, <laughs> you, Matt, you're interviewing a lot of writers. Of late, I found myself interviewing quite a few composers. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes <laughs> sense. My yeah. music studies in that, so. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything you want to add, Julie? Just do it. I don't know. Just do it. <laughs> Nike said it best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think those are awesome tips. So we probably need to start wrapping up. And we like to wrap it up with each of your favorite fictional character quotes. So a quote from a fictional character that speaks to you in some way, either because it mirrors a worldview, its its message means something to you, or maybe it, you just find it really funny. Who Who wants to go first? Well, I will go first because I have one that I just say at least once a day to somebody uh, who's absolutely stunned by the truth. It comes from Raising Arizona, which is one of my absolute favorite movies. And it comes out of the voice of uh, the character played by Nicolas Cage. No, I'm sorry. Oh, God, no, I'm, I'm backwards. I, the, that was one I was going to go with. Instead, I'm going with the one from The Jerk, Steve Martin. <laughs> yes. And, and he turns after, you know, he tells the head of the carnival that he's no good at guessing people's weight. And the guy points out to him that, you know, that it doesn't matter whether you, you uh, get them correctly or not. They're gonna, they, you're going to give them like a 50 cent pri uh, prize for five bucks. And so he says, oh, I get it. And it's a profit deal. <laughs> and I say that all the time because, you know, it's just so shocking that everything has a price tag on it. And, uh, Especially in this business, kiddos. Mm -hmm. Who wants to go That's next? Funny. I think it's a good quote, yes. So I, I was actually, I can't, I'm shocked this actually came up earlier in the episode. My quote was going to be, oh, you're Mythos, the oldest man alive. How's that? <laughs> 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 no, not really. Uh, <laughs> now that will be my new quote, though, I say. All right, so I'm going to use, since you guys, you know, I was just recently on your show and I had a Sherlock Holmes quote then, so I'm going to use a different one this time. Okay. So I will take um, from one of my all-time favorite movies, Braveheart. Uh, the quote is, every man dies, not every man really lives, which I've always just thought is an am amazing line. 
Yeah, it's a profit deal. Freedom! But okay. (laughs) (laughs) Easiest quote to remember ever. (laughs) That's a good quote. That is a good one. All right, Ian? Um, Mine's from um, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Um, When they're trying to fit the Millennium Falcon and they're going through the asteroid field and uh, C-3PO goes to uh, Han Solo um, the odds of navigating, and he goes, never tell me the odds. <laughs> yeah. I just, yes. I love that quote. And the reason I love that quote is because I'm dyslexic, so the odds have, have always been against me being a writer because I, I don't sort of like see words in, 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 in the same ways as other people do. Um, so I sort like of a bit jiggly <laughs> when, when reading. And funny enough, I find writing easier than reading, but that's just because I know where all the keys are on my on my keyboard yeah there you go uh, you know they're all memorized <laughs> and there's also the fact that i i'm also um, on the autistic spectrum so right from a very young age the odds have always been kind of stacked against me sort of thing so so and it's I, i've han always solo how can you not love han solo well absolutely you know and he did I, fire I first he shot true first. I, you know and the one mistake he made was getting romantically involved with princess leia ah I love what? that. No. Really? I love what he... Come on. They're the perfect What did you match. want? Her and her brother to get together? Come on. I love whenever... Yeah, he's like, yeah, that incest suddenly, is great. Suddenly turns into Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. I love whenever uh, she says, I love you, and he says, I know. <laughs> that is so great. No, but that's not my quote. Okay, so my quote comes from one of my favorite books, The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. And it is Nolite te bastardes carborundurum, which means, it's not real Latin, but it means uh, don't let the bastards grind you down. <laughs> and uh, it was, if if you've read the book, you understand. If not, read the book. It is a really awesome book. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone read that book? It's awesome. I haven't. Oh my gosh. It's Margaret Atwood, The Handmaid's Tale. It's a, it's a dystopian future and it's, it's. It's really good. I read it in beginning of university, and it blew me away. It was awesome. So similar to that, I like quotes that tell you, you know, keep moving forward and, and not give up kind of deal. And I almost was going to quote Conan because of if you watched Sense8, you know what Conan was talking about. <laughs> but but, um, but I used to like Rocky quite a bit when I was a kid, especially since I did martial arts a lot when I was a kid. Um, so, so fighting stuff was always interesting to me and stuff from Rocky. Nobody's going to hit as hard as life, but it ain't how hard you can hit. It's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. It's how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning's done. That's good. Oh, I kind of liked your other one though. And then that was from Rocky Balboa when he's talking to his, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and then another one that's, that is a more funny version of that in a way, at least from, from staying alive, whatever obstacles that happen is, is Arthur Dent from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Woo-hoo! I don't want to die now. I've still got a headache. I don't want to go to heaven with a headache. I'd be all cross. I wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> so. See, I'm familiar with that one. Much to Marx's chagrin, I've not actually seen Rocky. So. I know, right? That's an American. Mark says I'm an American <laughs> because I have not seen Rocky. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been a great show, guys. Before we go... Would each of you share with our audience where they can find you and your work online? Um, VictorMiller.com will find uh, my bibliography, my biography, and uh, 
uh, an email connection so that if you I read people's screenplays for free uh, I don't steal their ideas so if you actually have committed something to uh, to a word or a final draft or something you can send it to me I may not get to it immediately because I was I have one or two stacked up but um, I will and I will please be gentle <laughs> awesome it's very cool okay Jeff uh, so you can check out Super Geeked Up, which is the geeky pop culture show I do, at supergeekedup.com. We're live uh, right there on the homepage every Wednesday, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. But you can also watch all the past episodes there as well. We've done almost 140 at this point. And um, if you are a web series creator or interested in getting involved in that, the International Academy of Web Television, IAWTV, is at iawtv.org. And you can find more about there and about becoming a member. And you can see Marx's cool uh, video series there as well. And a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, and uh, on Twitter, the best place to reach me is at SuperGeekedUp. Great. And Ian? Oh, you can find, uh, can find my stuff at um, SciFiPulse.net. And I'm also on SciFiPulseRadio.com. I, I host um, SFP now which is kind of like every couple of weeks because we kind of alternate with, with this show, Genre Tainment, So. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> I'm saying everyone who's listening knows they can find us at Genre Tainment. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have an outro at the end of this. Yes. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, everybody. We really appreciate you guys taking your time to do this. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. All right. Thank you. Y'all have a good evening. Adios. Bye, everybody. Bye. Smoke, guys. Hi, I'm George Strayton, screenwriter of Hercules and Xena Warrior Princess, and you're listening to Genretainment. Well, thanks to Victor, Jeff, and Ian for joining us for this special episode, and thank you to all of you listeners for sticking with us for 100 episodes. We hope you stay with us for another 100. So what's next? Well, we're taking a couple weeks off for me to work on some film projects, mm -hmm. and but then we'll be back with all new episodes, including an episode with writer Christy Marks and an episode with author-filmmaker Christopher Kentworthy. Christy has written for classic animation series like G.I. Joe, Spider-Man, and His Amazing Friends. Mm. Yeah, and Gem and the Holograms. And for comic books like Sisterhood of Steel, Amethyst, Sword of Sorcery, and Birds of Prey, and writing for all sorts of video games and TV shows. She is also the author of the book Writing for Animation, Comics, and Games, and we talked to her about all of that and more. And Christopher is the author of the best-selling Master Shot series of books, and we'll talk to him about writing and filmmaking and learn more about his Master Shots book and his newest book, Shoot Like Tarantino. But before we go, we want to point out the music you just heard at the beginning of the show was a snippet from the theme song for our web series, Reality On Demand. It was a song composed and performed by our friend Tishon Hardy. You can find our web series at realityondemandseries.com. And we also want to remind you that you can keep track of us on our Genretainment Facebook page, Marx's Twitter account, which is at Mr. Marx, our website at genretainment.com, or all of the shows at scifipulseradio.com. So that's it for today's Genretainment. We'll be back soon with all new guests from our favorite films, TV shows, novels, and web series. Genretainment is a production of Alien Jungle Bug Productions. Until, Until next time. time. Bad monkey. <laughs>